Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate, and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Your Strata Property podcast. I'm really excited because it's episode number 199. Can you believe that? I'm Amanda Farmer. I have been your host for the past 198 episodes and here I am with you. We are one episode away from 200, which is really exciting, at one episode per week. That means that we have been doing this for around about four years and my goodness, that has gone so fast. 2016 was when I started. It seems like a lifetime ago now and if you go back and listen to those early episodes, it might sound like a lifetime ago as well. We've uh, had a few improvements. Hopefully I've gotten better at doing this job. We've had some fantastic guests. I've introduced Rena Van Aust as my regular co-host and I'm just so thrilled that four years later, I'm still enjoying it. You tell me you're still enjoying it and we've built such a library of knowledge, information, resources for those of you out there trying to make your way through this ever-challenging world of apartment living. Now, I'm particularly excited this week because, as I mentioned last week, this episode is going to be a two-parter, 199 and 200. I'm bringing you something special for this important anniversary. Over the next two episodes, I'm taking you inside a live event that took place with members of our online membership community, This was an online event recorded only a couple of weeks ago. We had a members-only session with Rena and myself, a private webinar, if you like, and I'm giving you a sneak peek at some parts of that session. This was the opportunity for members to ask questions, to debate issues with me and Rena, and some members also had the opportunity to be featured on the call. And I'm really excited to share with you the questions that were asked, the help that Rena and I were able to give, and to give you a little behind the scenes look, if you like, at our membership community. Now, part one, today's episode, you're going to hear me work through one of my current challenges. I'm talking about the installation of security cameras in our strata schemes including some surprising aspects of the Surveillance Devices Act in New South Wales. I share how buildings might want to regulate the issue of security cameras, particularly when the Surveillance Devices Act perhaps doesn't reach as far as many of us think. You'll hear me mention the terms of a bylaw when I'm discussing my challenge And I will flag that that part of the recording has been edited to make sure that it is only our members who have access to the terms of my recommended bylaw. You'll also hear Rena share her challenge, which is about email communications, what to do when the strata manager is asked not to include certain emails on the owner's corporation's file. Is the strata manager allowed to keep things off the record? And what happens with communications in other forums like online chat rooms 
and discussion boards? What about the emails that are within the building manager's email account and the building management software? Excellent challenge to be exploring there with Rena. Now you'll hear us refer to questions that are popping up in the chat box on the webinar from our members and we answer those as we go through. And you'll also hear me refer to my screen and my slides, all part of how we put an online event together. In next week's episode, episode number 200, you'll hear from our three featured members, Bruce, Carol and Margaret, all asking their questions live and working through the solutions with me and Rena. And at the end of the call, we do open up for general Q&A and I'll be sharing the highlights from that with you next week also. Now, after listening to this episode, if you want to find out how you can join us inside the membership, head over to yourstratapproperty.com.au and you'll find more information there on the website. I will give you the heads up that membership is currently closed. I only open the membership doors on special occasions and when the doors are closed, the best place to be is on the waitlist. yourstratapproperty.com.au forward slash waitlist to get yourself on there. Members get calls like this one. You're about to get an inside look at access to the Q&A forum where I am answering questions regularly, the webinar library, the templates library. I also do one-on-one calls with members that then go inside our video library so that everybody can learn from each other's experiences. We are all in this together. It's a particularly good time at the moment to get on the wait list. As I said, I don't open those doors all that often. But little hint, those who are currently on the wait list won't be waiting too much longer. But you won't know the open date unless you're on that list. So yourstrataproperty.com.au forward slash waitlist, even if you're just a little bit curious about what membership has to offer. Time to head over to your special treat now for a special episode 199, your peek into part one of our members only live event. Enjoy. First of all, I'm going to talk about my challenge for this week. You know, we usually do our wins and our challenges on the podcast. Well, today we're just talking about challenges. Rena and I often do find it easier to to find (laughs) challenges than we do wins, um, but we do our best. So my challenge for this week, then Rena's challenge for this week, and then we're going to welcome in uh, some members who put up their hands to come online with us and ask their question and have Rena and I work through that with them in person. We have Bruce and we have Carol and we have Margaret who very kindly are going to be joining us and then we will open up to the chat box and also some other questions that have come through on email. I will just check that everybody who has sent an email question is here to um, have that one answered. I do like to make sure we are answering the questions of those who are on the call. So about half an hour or so of Rena and I and then we're going to open up to our members both in person and on the chat box. So with that, I think I'm going to head over and uh, share my screen with you again. I'm always, I'm looking over that way, um, not because I have a friend here, just because I've got another screen that keeps me in line. 
And if you do have questions along the way, pop them in now. I can see a few coming through the chat box. That's fine. We'll just scroll back up to the top when it comes to question time. And definitely when we're talking through our challenges, pop in your questions or comments, discussion points about these challenges, and we can spend a bit of time digging deeper if these are topics of interest to you at the moment. So The challenge that I want to talk about today is that of security cameras in our strata schemes. Are they legal? Does it matter where they are? Does it matter if they're on the common property or on lot property? What does the Surveillance Devices Act in New South Wales have anything to do with anything? And I know there's similar legislation in our other states. Should we have bylaws that deal with security cameras? Now, this is uh, something that I think is becoming more and more common in our schemes, um, the installation of cameras. Rena, are you feeling the same thing with buildings that you're managing? Is this an issue that comes up for you? Yeah, definitely, Amanda. It's actually becoming far more prevalent. And in some cases where there's been problems, actually, we've had the police recommend that the owners corporation install them. So Ooh, yeah. it's gone sort of that far where perhaps there might be issues with behaviour of occupants and disputes and sometimes we've been advised that um, cameras would be the best way to go. Yeah, and it's something that you guys members have probably heard me talk about on the podcast and also in the forum. I'm quite an advocate for CCTV when it comes to controlling difficult behaviour, dealing with difficult issues in strata schemes. So it's something that I've recommended for installation on the common property as well. So a few issues when it comes to those installations. What I want to look at in particular just for the next few minutes is what happens when an owner installs their own camera on the common property. They've had some issues perhaps with bad behaviour around the common property, maybe close to their back terrace or they're concerned about comings and goings and you kind of wake up one morning as the chairperson walk past their door, their back door and you see there's something installed on the common wall. You don't know anything about it. What can you do about it? Is it legal? Well, I would probably guess that most of you on the call here, being fairly experienced strata players these days, members of ours, will know that you can't go installing things on the common property, including security cameras, unless you have the permission of the owner's corporation. So definitely an installation of a security camera on common property without permission is going to be illegal. And in New South Wales, we have a couple of cases to that effect. These are recent cases. We have Gabor and the owners of Strata Plan Number 53284. That's a 2019 tribunal case in New South Wales. And we also have LAM and Strata Plan Number 9562. So those are both cases where owners have gone and installed security cameras on the common property, saying that they're protecting their, their safety and the tribunal has ordered them to be removed because they have damaged, defaced, penetrated common property. It's a breach of that standard model bylaw that says you can't do that without approval and they've been ordered to remove those. Now, interestingly, in these cases, there's also been some discussion of Section 8 of the Surveillance Devices Act. That's what we call that legislation in New South Wales. There'll be similar legislation in other states. And I'm going to flick over to have a look at that section. This is the relevant part of the Surveillance Devices Act that says that a person must not install, use or maintain an optical surveillance device on or within a premises to record visually the carrying on of an activity 
if the installation involves entry onto or into the premises without the express or implied consent of the owner or occupier of the premises. So what the tribunal has said in these cases is that as well as being a breach of the Strata Schemes Management Act, because you don't have consent to install the security camera on the common property, this is a breach of Section 8 of the Surveillance Devices Act because you need the permission of the property owner if you're going to install an optical surveillance device, even if it's not recording sound. And of course, the property owner, owner of the common property, is the owner's corporation. You don't have their permission, you're in breach of this particular piece of legislation. Maximum penalty, 500 penalty units, $50,000, I think that is, in the case of a corporation, because one penalty unit is $100 in New South Wales, or 100 penalty units, $10,000 or five years imprisonment. So kind of serious offences here. So that's what's happening if cameras are installed on the common property. This may all be sounding fairly straightforward, fairly simple to everybody who's listening. Yeah, Amanda, we know that. But the specific challenge that I came up against and have done a couple of times now is lot owners who install cameras on their own lot property and it's then filming parts of the common property or other people's lots. Have you seen that before, Rena? Well, I've had one where they've, it's like a, a thing you put over the door Yes. over the front. So it's not actually affixed, but um, I haven't had them actually within the lot property because it's really hard to actually do that and probably get a good view because most of the time you need to be on the perimeter of the lot and yes. you know, the door or the um, or the rear wall or the balcony or whatever. So usually yeah. all the kind of Zarkon property, but I haven't had it within a lot, no. So it does depend on the design of the property, if you like, if this would even be possible that someone could install within their lot Mm. and also be able to then film other lots or part of the common property. If you've got kind of a backyard or a terrace or it's a terrace that juts out and maybe films the balconies above because you might be concerned about things falling down, debris, the cleaner is pushing stuff and you're just sick of it. So you put a camera in the garden, it looks up to the lots above. Is that legal? Now, if anybody is having a think about this, I've just stopped sharing because I wanted to head over to the chat box to see what uh, the discussion is around this. I can see Jerry asking, does this include doorbell cameras? So similar to what you've just said, Rena, a camera on the door to see what deliveries are coming. Bear in mind that our front doors are generally common property. Mm. So again, Jerry, that's an installation to common property that would need approval of the owner's corporation. I'm just looking to see if we've got, uh, hi Terence, very kind of you to say hello from Carson. We also got compliments there, Rena. Uh, Okay, so good question, Jerry. I'm going to go back to section eight and delve a little deeper into this particular question. So what I've said is when the camera's installed on lot property, we're filming common property, we're filming other residents, we're filming other residents in their lot, is that legal? And my answer is yes, it is legal because have a look at Section 8. It says that you can't install the device without the consent of the owner or occupier of the premises. If it's your own property, you can install whatever the heck you like on your own property. And there is nothing in the Surveillance Devices Act that says you can't film other people. Listening is different. So we're talking about optical surveillance. If you've got sound, it's different. There's other pieces of legislation you might need to worry about. But optical only 
From within your own lot, you can film the common property, you can film your neighbours, you can film what's going on inside your neighbour's lot. I'm raising this specifically because I had a case on this recently where a client came to me and asked if where their camera was placed was legal because they could see balconies and they could see potentially uh, through other windows, not that they were watching anybody else. And <laughs> we got some specialist advice on it. And the short story is that it is only an issue when you're not installing on your own property. There is kind of a legal loophole here. And if you Google this, you'll see some complaints about, you know, our law doesn't protect our privacy, doesn't protect us from peeping toms. It really means that you can be filming your neighbours and there's nothing stopping you from doing that. The legislation doesn't care about the premises into which you're looking. It doesn't care about where the camera is directed. It only cares about where the camera is installed. Okay. And that kind of follows some old common law cases about that as well. Does that come as a surprise to you, Rena? It does in a way, Amanda, but what, I was going to ask you a question. What about children? Because I've actually had a case that now you've just from, sort of brought to my attention where there's a dispute between two owners in a building and one of the owners is recording the, and in front of them, they can see her doing it. She's recording the um, the father and the children. So is there anything that relates to perhaps, you know, minors in this legislation or is it just basically, you know? There's no privacy legislation that covers this. There's no sort of telecommunications legislation. The surveillance devices doesn't cover it. The general advice that we obtained from a specialist in this area, whilst we weren't at that stage concerned about children, um, this specialist went through all the cases, all of the legislation, and there was just nothing that we could find that would prevent someone from within their own property filming anyone or anything else. Right, so interesting. very interesting. If I've made anybody nervous because you think, oh dear, I don't want that happening in our building or my neighbour is doing that and I don't want that happening, how can we deal with that or can we deal with that from a strata law perspective? So at the moment there's nothing in the Strata Schemes Management Act that would prevent lot owners doing that as long as they're not impacting the common property. But think about this, could you introduce a bylaw regulating the use of cameras it's something that you would have heard me recommend before. If you've got a common CCTV system that you as the owners corporation have installed, I strongly recommend that you have a bylaw that regulates that whole system, where are the cameras located, how are they repaired and maintained, who has access to the footage, what happens if there's an incident, what's the process to be followed. Absolutely, you need one of those. But this is a bylaw, and I'm about to give you some wording here. This is a bylaw that if you do want to regulate a lot owner's use of cameras within their own premises, you might want to have a think about. Now, because you're all members, I am going to make sure that you have a copy of these slides. The recording itself will be edited down. We haven't decided exactly yet what form that's going to take. Depends how, how we all sound. So no guarantees of the full recording, but definitely I will make sure you get these slides because what we're looking at now is the wording of a bylaw that I recommend if you would like to regulate the lot owner using installing cameras from within their lot. I'll read it out for you. Ron is asking, do you need to advise the lot being filmed? So no, not under the Surveillance Devices Act, Ron, unless you've got a bylaw that regulates the use of a camera within a lot. There's no other law that says you have to notify someone that they're being filmed. Um, Chris is saying, I thought all lot front doors were common property. Yes, that's right, Chris. You might have come in a little bit late. Um, we addressed that one with the doorbell camera slash door camera. Yes, I agree that you would need to have the consent of the owners corporation to install something on your front door. Apologies if I might have misspoke about that. 
And Bruce has already asked about a transcript. So yes, Bruce, there'll be an edited recording and I'll make sure you guys get the slides specifically because of that bylaw wording that I know you will be interested in. So Rena, what do you think about that? A bylaw to regulate a lot owner's use of cameras? Yeah, I think it's a great idea, Amanda. But you know when you had in your bottle about moving or still, so does that mean that let's say a strata committee want to take a picture of a bylaw breach of someone, for example, smoking on the balcony or that sort of thing? Obviously with this bylaw, you've got here whether for making still or moving pictures. Does that yep. mean that therefore if you have, say, a phone camera, not a camera that's like the one that you've just shown in the picture, yeah. does that mean that the strata committee couldn't take a photo with their own phone? Well, if it's the strata committee, well, good point, because you might want to amend this wording to say something about, this says express written consent of the owners corporation. If you're the strata committee, you certainly have implied consent because you're acting acting on behalf of the strata committee. And indeed, the owners corporation would not enforce this bylaw against itself. No. So whilst I say this is a recommended bylaw, you want to, you definitely want to flesh this out into different circumstances where you'd say it doesn't impact the owners corporation itself taking action in respect to bylaw breaches. Yeah. Very good point if you had, say, an owner who was witnessing a bylaw breach, um, washing on a balcony being an obvious example and taking a photo of that particular breach and then using it to send to the strata committee and say, hey, this has been going on. So, again, you might want to carve out that kind of thing from this bylaw to say something along the lines of except in the in the case of recording a breach of the bylaws or recording illegal activity. Or a breach or, of the act even, yeah. Yeah, yeah, getting a little bit grey there, of course. Or you might want to remove the still altogether. Yeah, maybe the still altogether. Yeah, yeah. yeah, if you think you'd be comfortable with still pictures but not moving pictures. So, yeah, really good foundation for that discussion. And as I always say, you see these bylaws in a paragraph and when you go to a lawyer like me to, to draft them out in full for you, you end up with four pages. Pages. There's a reason for that <laughs> because we do need to cover all angles. So definitely a starting point for that discussion. I'm just going to head just back over to the chat. What if in your vehicle you have it as a security device? That's fine. Terence is just asking if you have a camera in your vehicle as a security device, that's fine. It's your own vehicle. It's your own vehicle and the Surveillance Devices Act doesn't stop you from filming other areas. You may want to think about if you're concerned about that within your property, your um, strata property, and you're developing a bylaw dealing with vehicles in a separate way. Robert's asked the same question, if a lot owner has a camera in the back of their car in a car park and is recording. So again, it's their own vehicle. If it's their own vehicle, it's legal under the Surveillance Devices Act, subject to any bylaws. Yes, and Chris is saying if a lock had a camera, it would face into the common property foyer. Doesn't matter if we're filming common property. You're allowed to film common property if you're doing it from within a lot. If you're doing filming common property from an installation that's on the common property, then that's an illegal installation unless you have permission. Alrighty, so we are going to move on to Rena's challenge for today. I think I might just show this picture and hand over to you to um, fill us in, Rena. Thank you, Amanda. So in recent times, I've had a number of schemes where there's been quite a lot of animosity between the Strata Committee members, and it's really making our job quite difficult because when you're in between two different parties, so to speak, and in a sense, we're trying to manage a scheme and do the best for all owners rather than sort of getting ourselves caught up in these individual issues. I've had emails come from different strata committee members marked, you know, private and confidential, not to be seen by anybody. 
and it usually starts with Rena. You know, this is just between you and I. I don't want anyone to see this. And obviously, then there's an explanation, or it could be a, <laughs> some other things that have been mentioned about other people. And my concern is, Amanda, that as a managing agent, we are custodians of all the records of the owners' corporation. And in a sense, are there any privacy issues at hand when someone does ask me to keep something confidential? When all the owners' corporations' records, anything that's in our possession, really. Is, should be available to all the owners if there's an inspection or a request? Yeah, a very good question. And I see it happen a lot, as I'm, I'm sure many of the managers who are on this call would see as well, that committee members are writing to you saying, just for your eyes, Rena, or mm. not for the file. I see that a lot. Yeah. Not for, yeah, the, not for file. the file. <laughs> the short answer is everything is for the file. If it's going mm. to you, it's all for the file. And there's a little bit of a grey area where if it's a discussion amongst committee members and mm. it's not going to you, whether that's for the file, but I think there's a strong argument that if committee members are discussing strata business, mm. then that is a record of the owner's corporation and that is something that is within the custody and control of the owner's corporation because it's within the custody and control of the committee members and they are representatives of the owner's mm. corporation and therefore it needs to be on the records and made available. I mean, that's the point at the end of all this, made available for inspection. And I'll flick over shortly and um, look at that section of the legislation that makes that clear. The difference that I see is a committee member saying, hey, John, do you want to pop down to the cafe and have a chat about playgroup for our kids next week? Not strata business, never going to go to the strata manager. Yes, between two committee members, not a record of the owner's corporation. Exactly. Hey, John, I just saw Tim from lot four. He told me he wants to renovate. I told him he needs a bathroom a renovation bylaw. Better get Rena onto that. That is, Rena's not in that communication yet, but that is a discussion amongst committee members in their capacity as committee members and therefore is ultimately a record of the owner's corporation. The other question I have, Amanda, sorry to interrupt you, but there are a lot of these new chat groups now that are emerging in buildings. So I think because of emails and the volume and back and forth, and I think that sometimes many of our buildings are overwhelmed by the volume of emails both from you know our office in terms of reporting and from each other and and then different subjects and people saying can you please you know if you're talking about X make sure you, you change the subject in the line and mm -hmm. so a lot of people are looking at these forums these chat forums uh, I think Microsoft has one I think one of my buildings is using one of those where it's a chat forum and you can sort of decide whether you want to be in it or out of it mm. etc. Now what about those types of things I'm actually quite concerned about those because I mean first of all you know if someone's going to do it an inspection of the records in our office they're, they're wanting to buy an apartment well they don't see any of that yeah and I don't know what they're saying not saying whether it's right wrong or indifferent or if I need to sort of butt in and say no you can't do that or did you know about this yeah so again um yeah I think the platforms that are now being used sometimes um are excluding strata managing agents and I think that owners wishing to perhaps purchase maybe need to know are there any other forums that the strata committee uses when undertaking communication between themselves and the managing agent yep I agree with that. I definitely agree that those kinds of communication channels are records of the owner's corporation. They're not necessarily your traditional emails or letters or hard copies, but they are correspondence and they need to be made available for inspection when a lot owner makes that request. Let's just head over and have a look at that particular 
section of our legislation. It is section 182 in the Strata Schemes Management Act, New South Wales. Many of you in other jurisdictions, and I know there are a few of you on the call, will have similar sections in your relevant legislation. And forgive me for the small font, but I just wanted to put all of section 182, subsection three up here. And this is the part that tells us what an owner's corporation must make available for inspection. And the what records to keep is linked to this question of what must be available for inspection. They kind of go together. So that's why I'm looking at the inspection section. You need to produce a strata roll, any other documents that that particular part of the act requires be kept. So financials and receipts and invoices, plan certificates, diagrams, certificate of title, 10-year capital works fund planned, financial statements, policy of insurance, managing agents, appointment instrument, strata renewal plan if there is one. Now I have highlighted this, any other record or document in the custody or under the control of the owner's corporation. So that's what I'm talking about when I say these emails, these forums, these discussions that are happening between owners or committee members. Assuming this is, and this is a good question, assuming this is a forum that is approved, that is legitimate, that the owner's corporation via the strata committee has invited owners to participate in. Different if it's a couple of rogue owners off on Facebook, right? But if this is something that is approved by, authorised by, has the imprimatur of the owner's corporation, then it is under the control of the owner's corporation and it is a record that needs to be produced for inspection. So that's where I get that from. Exercise of delegated functions, building management agreements, any other service agreements, and you can see what's left there. And there's uh, penalty units. So $500 if any of those are not produced for inspection. But this is why I harp on when things are not made available because this uh, subsection J here is just all-encompassing in my view. If it's under the custody or the control of the owner's corporation, then it should be provided for inspection. Totally agree, man, and I, I appreciate the clarification. I think it's important, I think, now for managers to let people know that not to send you anything if they don't want it on the record. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And don't send your manager, you know, not for file or um, please don't add to the file. It just puts the manager in a difficult position. And if you're managers, then I think making very clear to your committee members, and you might want to say this in person at the next committee meeting when you see them to say, hey, don't, if you're going to send me stuff, it's going to be on the record. So be careful what you're saying and just be careful what's being put in writing, whether I'm included or not, because technically it's a record of the owner's corporation. So Maureen's just asking, this would mean all emails between owner's corporation members, other committees and the strata committee. Yes, if it's in the capacity as committee members or owner's corporation representatives. So two lot owners having a complaint about the chairperson not listening to them. Well, that's a discussion between two lot owners. That's not in a representative owner's corporation capacity. So I wouldn't say that email discussion between two lot owners who are not otherwise connected or on the strata committee would be a record of the owner's corporation. Jennifer's saying, how can an owner inspect the records in databases maintained by managers, including facilities managers? Yeah. So what about the facilities managers system and their uh, email accounts? For yeah. Example? That was another thing I was going to also talk about, Amanda, as well, because a lot of buildings have like building link and they have other building management software, which owners can actually say email, usually like repair requests and things like that or bylaw breach types of issues. So in a sense, an owner really doesn't have access to that unless we have access to that. And then we do have access to that. Most of the time we're given, you know, the password and 
login details. But again, you know, how is anyone to know that this building is using building link? Because if you look at the building manager's report, it doesn't say produced by building link. No one would even know. You'd have to look at an invoice to show that you'd paid for a building link subscription. Yeah, exactly. Um, so difficult. The more complex our schemes become, the more contracts we have, the more service providers we have involved, the more difficult this record keeping is. And to also, be. what happened in one particular building, Amanda, was where all the all the defects, all the owners were asked to log in their defects in a building link database. But then now we don't have access to that, or we don't know where it is. So, God. especially with defects, I think um, it's really important that those types of records aren't kept on software that in a sense, the Ernst Corporation may not always be able to have um, yes. in the future or building management, like some building managers have their own proprietary software. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, it's not necessarily exportable in a format when they leave because that data can't be opened without being in within that format of that particular program. Yeah. Really good question to be asking new building managers. If you're tendering for that contract, what access do we have to this data? What ownership do we have over it? What happens when the contract comes to an end? And I would hope that building managers are across this requirement of a strata scheme, an owner's corporation to have custody and control of its records and deliver them up for inspection and make sure that um, the database is accessible or certainly transferred when um, the contract comes to an end. Mm. And we have another question, Amanda, about um, committee members having email discussions. Yes, Scott, and I appreciate a link. Some people couldn't access their link and they were given a general link, which is Scott's link. So there's a few Scots out there. So if you're not Scott, uh, hello. Often committee members have an email discussion about a particular issue. The strata manager isn't included. Should we always include the strata manager in these discussions? Well, I think the answer is yes. When you're acting in a capacity of an owner's corporation, unless they're coming to do an inspection of your computer, and the other people's computers, and it's, we've got to be included. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's hard to remember sometimes to tack them on, but as a force of habit, I'm a committee member myself. I know what it's like when you're deep in a discussion, you think, oh, crap, I didn't send this to the strata manager. Forward it on or have it um, set up so that you've got a distribution list in your email account that the strata manager is always on that list and included in the discussions. That's just going to also help you communicate clearly, professionally at all times and being aware that the strata manager is seeing this, it means it's on the record. And that's it for part one of our members only event. I'll be bringing you part two as episode number 200 next week. That's when you'll hear from our three featured members and Rena and I will also dive in to some of the general Q&A that was coming up in the chat box. If you want to be involved in these live events in future, as well as get access to the bylaw templates, the Q&A forum, the webinar library, and all the resources that you need to help you live more peacefully and profitably in Strata, then you want to get on the waitlist for membership. Yourstrataproperty.com.au forward slash waitlist. As I said at the top of the episode, this is a very good time to get on that waitlist. And my current waitlisters will know exactly what I'm talking about. Looking forward to bringing you episode 200 next week. Chat to you then. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today? today?